Welcome everybody. This is episode 13 of the Live the Eight Wise Way podcast with me, Kim Rutherford, psychotherapist, author, and brainchild, I guess you can call me, of the Eight Wise Model for Better Mental Health and Wellbeing. I'm also now a podcast host as well. I hope you're doing well. How are you all? If this is your first time joining me on this podcast, then thank you so much for coming along. I hope you get what you want from it. I hope you get what you need from it. And if it is your first one, why not jump on to see some of the previous episodes as well and um, really start learning to live the eight wise way from the very, very beginning. All of the episodes up until this point have been linked directly to my book, Eight Wise Ways to a Healthier, Happier Mind, which if you haven't got a copy and you want to get a copy, you can get that pretty much anywhere that sells books. So you can either come to me directly on my website, uh, which is eightwise.co.uk, and there's a store there where you can access them directly, or you can go to all of the other big boys, you know, the Amazons and the Waterstones and everywhere else that sells books as well. The choice is yours. And you can get the book in either paperback, hardback or Kindle versions as well. And I'm really, really excited to be telling you that if you are somebody who prefers an audio book, then the audio book will be with you for the end of this year, just in time for you to use it to help you with your New Year's resolutions and hopefully make 2023 the year that you're living the eight wise way for better health, better mental health, better well-being and more importantly, just a really, really good quality of life. So in all of the previous episodes so far, I talked you through the eight wise process, the eight wise model, the four dimensions and the eight core elements that make up what we call your wellness spectrum and how having different life events happening all the time and how you respond to those life events triggers your wellness spectrum. And that's what then can lead you into the downward spirals towards uh, poor mental health. And the great thing about Eight Wise, as I've said, it's a prevention model, it's a recovery model. So if you are currently working with a clinic or a team of specialists whilst you work through mental health issues or manage or learn to manage a mental illness, then you can still use Eight Wise to help you with that recovery process. But if you have not or do not have any mental health issues currently and are doing your very best to try and manage that to make sure that you don't have them and you want to use something as a prevention tool, then 8Wise is that for you as well. It helps the one in four who've got mental health issues and it helps the three in four who are at risk. So if you want to grab a copy of the book, then as I said, you can head to my website or head anywhere else. And then you can also use that to listen to all the other episodes of the podcast and almost use it as your own guess you could call it your self-guided psychotherapist in your own hand whilst you sit wherever you sit listening to me do all of this right now. But the whole point of teaching people about eight wise is so that you know how you can implement it into your life because the reality of it is is life's let's be honest life's tough and we spend most of our life responding to the things that are thrown at us and so what I want to talk about today is some of those really big things that are thrown at us and that cause us some of our mental health issues or definitely cause us some of our psychological challenges on a day-to-day basis. I like to call these life challenges and transitions. Now, way, 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 way back and right at the beginning of the book, I think it's in, in chapter one, I talk about what the meaning of life is. And for me, I explain it as the meaning of life has two core elements to it. And I have this belief because I link it to these psychological and biological processes that take place in our body. So the first meaning of life from my perspective is 
for survival, for the individual human to survive. And we have this inbuilt system, our fear, fight, flight process that provides us with um, the ability to do that. We have chemical reaction in our body. Our body actually changes. Our mind changes in those moments when we need to really look after ourselves and go into survival mode. And so from my perspective, one of the core meanings of life is for the individual to survive for as long as they possibly can. And the second meaning of life from my perspective and from what my understanding is, is to evolve as a human species. So the individual has to survive in order to be able to learn and gather data and gather information and anything that is going to help that individual human pass that information down to the next generation, the next generation. So that generation after generation, we can keep growing, we can keep learning. And ultimately, as a species, we can keep evolving. And because we keep evolving, that means that we continue to survive as a species as well. So for me, it's about using that fear, fight, flight process in order to survive as an individual. And then that allows us to live longer and use our learning processes, the parts of our brain that allows us to learn and retain information and communicate that to others in order to then pass that information down and as a species to evolve from that. Now, because we have these two processes, evolution is a change, but it's a very, very, very slow change. It isn't something that happens quick and overnight. And so we, we're built for that. We're built for this slower process, this um, way of learning and developing and growing slowly so that the next generation benefits and the next generation benefits. And when it comes down to rapid change or quick change, we're not really built for that in the same way. Now, don't get me wrong, we can do it. And there's a few people out there who will say, and I get messages all the time when I talk about this and I get people, I'm, I thrive in change. I love change. I'm thriving in change. And I'm not saying that you're not because what's happening is a lot of change brings a lot of fear. And that fear can be really, really great if we're pushing all of those chemicals and all those hormones in the right direction that are triggered through that. But on a day-to-day basis, most of us are not coping with change very well. We, we tend to like habitual processes. And so change can cause us quite a lot of challenges. And that's the whole point of life challenges and transitions, because we go through so many life challenges through our transitions, because as we evolve in our own personal individual lives, for as long as our personal and individual lifespan can be, we're going through so many transitions and we're having to constantly change. And that in itself, as I've said, causes us some problems. So I think it's really important that we start to look at life challenges and transitions and understanding what they are, understanding how they impact our day-to-day lives and how they impact how, well, basically how we think and how we feel and how we behave and how our bodies respond and how that impacts our overall wellness spectrum and ultimately how you can then use Eightwise to help you to manage those transitions as well. So I want to just explain to you some information about the transition so you've got a better understanding and then you can start to analyze and assess your own life and identify for yourself, are you currently in a transition? Have you come out of a transition? Are you heading into a transition and understanding what they look like and maybe what you can do about it as well? So let's start at the beginning. Ultimately, life transitions, they're these periods in, in, in our life that involve lots of change to the lifestyle that we currently live. So they might be a result of important events that make you stop and evaluate your life, or they might just be things that you 
know that you have to go through at some stage because growing up enforces that upon us. But ultimately, life transitions are these periods of life which involve lots of change to the lifestyle that we have at that moment in time. So to give you some idea of what that might mean, what that might look like and what different life transitions might include. So, you know, starting or ending a relationship is a transition, Um, getting married or getting divorced, having children or choosing to adopt children. That's a huge transition. Starting a new job or a new career or leaving a job is a huge transition, huge transition because our careers, as we know, through occupational wellness have such a big impact on our lives. You know, going to school, going to college, going to university, no matter what age you're at, is a big transition. It's lots of learning, lots of growth, a lot of impact on our intellectual wellness. Buying or selling a home is a huge transition. If we go back to basics of Maslow with regards to our fundamental foundation, we need to have this roof over our head for safety and security. To go through the concept and go through the process of buying or selling a home, we have to almost give up the thing that we feel safe and secure with and move towards something that we have to create safety in and we have to create security in in our environmental wellness. Other transitions include health issues and those of us who experience health issues and have to have major lifestyle changes because of that. Sadly, loss or death, bereavement itself brings a major life transition. And then we have the ones that are linked to our financial losses and gains in life as well. Now, just by talking through those, for those of you who have gone through the other 12 episodes, you're probably looking at it going, okay, yeah, I understand this now. So the relationships one, that's the transition that links to social wellness. Makes sense children links to social wellness but also links to spiritual wellness from a fulfillment a purpose perspective starting a new job or attending a school or giving up a career that links into occupational wellness but also spiritual wellness because it's part of who we are buying or selling our home is now environmental wellness health issues of physical wellness financial gain or loss that's our financial wellness death or loss is emotional wellness so all of our wellness spectrum all eight elements of the wellness spectrum I touched upon just through those basic examples of transitions and challenges that we face. So ultimately, what you need to think about when you hear the concept of transition is that it means change. It means loss. It means endings and beginnings. And there are four different types of life transition that you can experience. And what I want you to do is I want you to have a think of your life so far. Um, no matter what age you are, have a think of, have you experienced any of these transitions to date already? Are you currently experiencing one of these transitions or are you in the process of preparing to experience one of these transitions? So transition number one to be thinking about, we call this the anticipated transition. So it's expected to happen in your adult life. So you know, it's going to happen. You've planned for it but it might still feel a bit uncomfortable as you adapt to that transition. So these are the transitions that culturally we're aware are going to happen to us. And they've been a part of our lives since we were very young, which is why we're prepared for it. So anticipated transitions are things like having to start school, um, having to leave school, having to do exams, things like getting a job, changing careers, meeting somebody, maybe getting engaged, getting married, buying a house, moving a house, maybe having children, whatever it is that you've known from an early age that you've wanted to be a part of your lifestyle as you grow up and as you move through your own ages, they're the anticipated transitions. So we know that even though you're planning for them, 
It doesn't mean that they're going to be easy when you start to experience them and they can still be incredibly uncomfortable. So let's just look, for example, let's look at having a baby or having children. We go into it and we know we want to have these families and we have almost this romantic concept of what raising a family will be like and that's good we have to have that in order to to make us want to do it because you know if you looked at having children on paper you probably wouldn't want to do it it doesn't look great on paper it's experiencing having a family that makes people want to have children and, and want to move forward with having a big family but having a baby itself brings a major transition for a woman obviously the pregnancy process alone is a huge transition both psychologically and both physically and then when the baby is here that's another transition a whole lifestyle change and it's a lifestyle change that continues to change as the child grows and develops as well so there's a lot of an ease a lot of uncomfortable moments a lot of amazing moments as uh, as as well no doubt about that but there is a lot of uncomfortable difficult challenges moments as the transitions um, happen and there's a lot of people who experience when they have their a child for the very first time it's very difficult and it can bring on a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression and mental health issues because that transition is so strong so that is an anticipated transition so have you experienced an anticipated transition so far what was it like for you was it uncomfortable did you survive it well what would you do if you could go back in time and tell yourself how to prepare better for it. What would you tell yourself? Have a think about the anticipated transitions you've experienced and how well you had adapted to them, how well you've managed them, how were you affected by the challenges that come with the transition? And if you haven't yet had them and you're on the path to that process and you're moving towards these things, then now's the time to have a think about it. Have a think about how you know, changing your lifestyle so dramatically, even if it is for brilliant reasons and exciting reasons and all of the experiences you want to have in life, it's worth thinking about where are those challenges? Where might the bumps in the road be? And, you know, do I have my wellness spectrum in place? Is it strong enough? Is it balanced enough? Do I know what my mental health tools are? Do I have a really good self-care plan in place so that when those bumps in the road do come, you are ready and prepared for them as best as you possibly can be? So they're the nice ones. They're the anticipated transitions. They're the ones that come with excitement and we're looking forward to sometimes. On the flip side of that, though, obviously, we can't always anticipate everything. So we have the unanticipated transition. Now, these are the transitions. They've not been planned for at all. So because they've not been planned for, they do not fit in with your life. They do not fit in with your plans. And they are not something that you were anticipating in any way, shape or form. These ones can be really, really stressful, incredibly painful in comparison to what the anticipated transitions are and can bring us major, major issues with our mental health, predominantly because these increase our day to day stress levels so dramatically. So examples of our unanticipated transitions, redundancy. We start jobs and we think we're going to be there for as long as we need to be. And before we know it, businesses don't work out and we could be losing those jobs. And that creates major issues for us from an occupational wellness perspective, because suddenly we don't have that job. We don't have that daily purpose. It can really affect us on a social wellness level, because suddenly those people that were our social support systems every day are no longer in our lives anymore when we leave those workplaces in the same way. It can affect our spiritual wellness because suddenly why us? Why were we picked? Weren't we good enough? We start to question ourselves. So we start to have, it starts to impact our belief system and it starts to affect our self-esteem issues. 
And then also that can then trigger our emotional wellness and our physical wellness as well. So you can already see that just redundancy as one unanticipated transition on its own can have a major effect. Others are things like illnesses, accidents and relationship breakdowns. None of us get in a car every day and think something bad is going to happen. Otherwise, we'd never get in the car. And to be honest, on the days that after my car crash, when I thought something would happen every day, I genuinely didn't get in the car because I was too petrified of any unanticipated transition that might happen. But it's like relationship breakdowns. No one gets married, for example, to get divorced. Nobody starts a relationship knowing it's going to end because we're optimistic at our core and we're trying to really create wonderful things and create plans for our future and cement our future. So these unanticipated transitions can be very painful, very stressful, and can trigger a lot of issues for us with regards to our overall mental health as well. Now we move on to some of the other transitions. So if we've gone from anticipated to non-anticipated, now we're moving on to non-event transitions. So once upon a time, we had an anticipated transition. And we were looking forward to it happening and it was going to happen. We planned for it and we looked forward to it and we built our lives around it. We geared our lives up to be able to achieve that transition and accepted that there were going to be some challenges and some bumps in the roads. But then a non-event transition can happen. And this is when there is an absence of that expected event. So something you were expecting does not happen. And you then have to manage the grief and the loss that goes with this very specific transition. Examples of this are things like if you don't get promoted and you've, you know, you've been told, you've pretty much been told the job's yours and you go for that interview and they choose someone else. That's painful. Not being able to have children if all you've ever wanted to do is have children. On the flip side of that is obviously a loss of a child uh, in any way, shape or form. And also what we would in comparison to death, the smaller things such as, you know, when the house that you're aiming to buy falls through and or the person just pulls it back and doesn't want to sell it. These are just very small, few examples of what a non-event transition is. But it's basically when all of your expectations are ready, you've you've built your life up around this moment, this big lifestyle change, you're prepared for it. Everything about you is prepared for it. And then it's as if it just gets popped, as if the dream gets popped, as if the rug gets pulled from under you. And what you're left with is this empty space that was once filled with planning and dreams and hopes and optimism and almost a vision of what your future was going to look like. And it can feel very much like you need to rebuild when you've experienced a non-event transition. So this can hit you really, really hard. As I said, unanticipated transitions can hit you hard because we just weren't expecting them. But to expect something and then it not happen, that's really very painful. And it's almost like there's always an empty space. There's always an elephant in the room that you can't see, you can't feel because it's the space that should have been filled with something else. And it can take a long time to come to get over that. So you can imagine that those non-event transitions, they trigger absolutely everything. A big grief and loss cycle. So we're looking at emotional wellness is triggered, physical wellness is triggered, spiritual wellness is triggered. If it's linked to people, it can be social wellness triggered. If it's linked to work, it can be occupational triggered. You know, if it's linked to the fact that you've not moved into your own home or you've lost your home and then it's going to be triggering your environment as well. So it triggers everything, sadly. It absolutely triggers everything. So that's your non-event transition. It's one of the most painful transitions you can experience. And then we've got probably what maybe some of the, maybe it's the nicest of all the transitions. We call this the sleeper transition. 
And the thing is with a sleeper transition, this is the transitions that they're happening without you having any awareness of them whatsoever. They basically and literally just sneak up on you gradually improving who you are and developing you and leading you towards personal and professional growth. So your sleeper transitions are those that have the ability to move you out of your comfort zone, for example. They're the ones where you're making small changes every single day so you don't feel this overwhelming impact from the transition. Instead, it's more of a case of through self-reflection and looking back on your own timeline and seeing how far you've come, you can then turn around and say, oh yeah, done pretty good. Check me out. Sometimes, Obviously, these sleeper transitions might not be so great either. Um, If you've ever experienced seeing um, a friend, a friendship come to an end, for example, that tends to happen on a very slow process. We don't necessarily see it coming until it's right there. So some examples, positive examples as well of sleeper transitions are parenting. You start the role not having a clue what to do. And before you know it, just through these small little actions that you take every day, these small changes, the way that you adapt, you're constantly moving forward. And through that constant moving forward, you're transitioning, transitioning and transitioning. And before you know it, you're a phenomenal parent and you can look back and you can tell all of the new parents how to do it. Learning a language is another sleeper transition. That ability to, you have to start with just a couple of words. And then before you know it, you keep using those words on a regular, regular basis. And before you know it, you can actually speak a different language. And for those of you who are like me, and I I learned French at school, and I can tell you now, I cannot speak French fluently. So fair play to anybody who can, and I respect the French language greatly. But when I was in France very recently, I was able to link back into some of that learning. And it is really surprising on how much information you retain, even though you're not using it all the time. And I went through my own sleeper transition whilst I was in France, because as soon as I started using the language again, I was able to bring out some of the language and actually speak to people in a way that I hadn't used that language in like, well, I'm a little bit older. So at least 20 years, I hadn't spoken any form of French. And um, now I could. Could I do it today? Probably not because it's probably all gone back to sleep again. But it's lovely to know that my sleeper transition allowed me to develop it. And whilst I was there on a day to day basis, by just using it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, by the end of the week, I was feeling really, really confident and not fluent in any way, shape or form, but confident enough to get by and not insult too many people, I hope. Other examples of positive sleeper transitions are getting better with your fitness goals. So if you are somebody who's really into your fitness and so one of my dreams was always be able to run. When I was younger, I was very fast and I could run and then I got older and slower and lazier. It's a bigger issue. And then I started putting some time and effort into my fitness recently. And before I knew it, my fitness has improved and improved and improved. And it's quite strange to go back and do an exercise six weeks later that six weeks prior I couldn't do. And then six weeks later, you do it again and you can do it. That's a sleeper transition. That's something that by constantly moving, you don't have to do a lot of movement, by constantly moving, your body is changing, you're getting fitter and fitter and fitter. And that's a really good positive sleeper transition that has an amazing impact on your overall health and well-being. Now, with every positive example, sadly, there must come some negative examples as well. So things like being really demotivated at work. This is a sleeper transition. This comes upon you. You might have been the most motivated person in the world. And then life. Life has been throwing its stuff at you. You've been adapting to it, responding to it, trying to cope with it, trying to manage it. And it can impact your motivation at work. So before you know it, you can become demotivated. 
And also the one I mentioned previously, the disconnecting with friendships or relationships fizzling out. It's one of those sad, sad things that happens. You know, it's one minute you could be absolutely best friends with somebody. And then before you know it, and I think COVID has had a huge impact on this for an awful lot of friendships and an awful lot of relationships, things start to change and you don't notice them when they first start to happen. And this is friendships. This is not any everyday relationships. It could be relationships with your friends, with your family, with your colleagues, it can be intimate relationships that these small changes can happen every single day that actually creates a distance within those friendships. And that distance can then stop the communication in those relationships as well. And it's that lack of communication before you know it. It's the sleeper transition towards these relationships fizzling out. And a lot of the time, we don't even realize that this has happened until it's at its worst stage. Of course, we've got the opportunity and the options to change that and turn it around if we want to. But I'm sure there's many people uh, listening to this right now who've had friends that were great friends once and they just don't have much to do with them anymore. And it's not, you don't dislike them. You don't wish them any ill harm. They're just not in your life anymore. And that will be a sleeper transition that you experienced. So the key to understanding and why you need to understand transitions. So from my perspective, we know the transitions are going to cause some form of stress because they're going to force you to have changes in your life that we're not as human beings, as human species, we're not really, we don't find it fun, guys. We just don't find change fun. And so we're going to struggle with that in some way. Because we're going to struggle with that, that's going to start then impacting our entire uh, wellness spectrum. So all of those elements of eight wise. And because of that, we are then putting ourselves at risk of developing mental health issues if that stress becomes uncontrollable and it leads to things like burnout, anxiety, depression, et cetera, et cetera. So what we need to do is we need to understand how the transitions are affecting us. So what we need to be able to do in order to manage the challenges and transitions that we're experiencing, number one, we need to be able to identify how it is triggering our stress levels, meaning we need to understand what our stress levels are currently at. We then need to be able to understand how we are emotionally responding to those stress levels and to the transitions that we're experiencing. We then need to be able to understand how those stress levels and emotional responses are then triggering our thinking patterns. And from our thinking patterns, we then need to understand how it's triggering our behavioral patterns. When we know all of that, we now have a really good understanding as how we are coping with the challenges and transitions. We then have a better understanding of where we might be sitting on the mental health continuum, whether we are thriving at the top there or whether we are moving towards crisis. And what we then need to do is implement strategies that help us to problem solve anything that is triggering our stress to the stages of overwhelm. And this is when we have to start looking at implementing really effective self-care plans. And the great news about that process is I'm going to be covering that process stage by stage in all of the episodes coming up over the next few weeks. So next week, we're going to talk about stress levels. The week after, we're going to talk about emotional responses. Then we're going to be talking about thinking patterns, then behavioral patterns. And then we're going to be going into a bit of detail with regards to self-care plans as well. So I want to make sure that over the next few weeks that you're in a stage where you've gone and learned about eight whys, You understand what the process is. You understand what the core elements are, but you start to then understand, okay, 
this is happening in my life right now, this challenge, this transition, it is triggering my wellness spectrum in this way. And that's then impacting the way I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, my behaviors. So if I am then going to manage that better, I am going to implement self-care strategy that boosts each of those eight core elements of wellness so that I can protect my mental health and get through this transition as safely and as effectively as possible. And that, my friends, is what I call living the eight wise way. So that's all about triggering transitions. What you need to know is a transition is basically anything that enforces major change in the way we currently live our life. There are four different types of transitions. All of them will have an impact on us. Some more negative than others. Some are more stressful than others. All of them can be managed as long as we understand how we as an individual responds to them. And that then links into our overall meaning of life. How we respond to them helps us survive as an individual. And it also helps us learn so we can pass that information on to the next generation so they can manage their transitions and pass it on and pass it on to help us as a species evolve. So that is where we are at with triggering transitions. I hope you have found that useful. Thank you for listening. If you are enjoying the podcast, then definitely please get in touch and let me know. If you have any questions or any queries about anything whatsoever, then please, please feel free to contact me. And you can contact me by email, which is info at daltonwise.co.uk. And daltonwise is D-A-L-T-O-N w-i-s-e dot co dot uk and i will put that email address in the link below um, and i'll put some other bits and pieces in the link below where you might be able to send me a voice note as well but feel free if you've got any questions any queries about things that might be happening in your life any transitions that you might be experiencing or if you just want a little bit of support with something then please do just get in contact send me an email leave a voice note and i will do my very best to give you the information that you need so it can help you move forward with it On top of that, if you want to, you are more than welcome to join the Facebook group, the Facebook, which is called the Eight Wise Wellness Cafe. And the reason I've called it the Eight Wise Wellness Cafe, because it's just a place where like-minded people can come together, they can sit, they can chat, um, they can chill out, and they can discuss you know, wellness, well-being, the transitions in their own lives, they can get some support from each other. And that's where I'm going to be sharing information with regards to eight wise tools, tips, all of that kind of stuff. So if you're choosing to live the eight wise way, that becomes the hub of everything that you need. And starting on September the 5th, in that group, we have got our eight wise wellness challenge, which is daily tasks for you to do for 30 days that will help balance and improve all eight of those wellness elements so that you can actually start having better mental health, better well-being, a healthier, happier mind, and most importantly, better quality of life. Now, I mentioned at the beginning about the book, if you haven't got a copy of any of the books and you would like copies of the books, then again, you can contact me directly. You can go directly to our website, which is eightwise.co.uk, and you'll find the bookstore in there and you can access all the books from there. But if you prefer using all of the other guys as well, then feel free to go to Amazon, go to Waterstones, pretty much anywhere. There's about 39,000 bookstores across the globe that you can order the books from. And the books are eight wise ways to a healthier happier mind which is kind of the mental health guide for the modern world there is the 12 week journal so if you're wanting to just focus on some a short sharp goal then you can use the journal to help you achieve that 
if you're looking for to commit a bit more and get a bit, go a bit more in depth with it, then you are you can get the 12 month planner. And if you just want some short little tidbits with regards to understanding what little things that you could do daily to improve your overall wellness and well-being, then there's also the pocketbook of wellness that you can access as well. If you are liking the podcast, please, I would really appreciate it if you like it, if you follow it, if you subscribe to it, if you share it, if you talk about it, do whatever you can. It'd be great. This is all about helping people to improve their lives. And there's a lot of people out there who suffer in silence and just maybe, maybe this podcast can help a few of those, but we can only, that can only happen if people do, as I said, they do the usuals of likes and follows and subscribes, et cetera, et cetera. If this is your first episode, thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've got what you want from it. Please go back to the beginning, go to episode one and work through and get a really, really good understanding of eight whys and so you can get the most out of it and benefit from it in any way you possibly can. So I will be back for our next episode where we will be talking about stress and I'll be going through some tools and techniques with you on how to identify what your stress levels actually are, the practical elements to everything so that you're then able to go, okay, this is what my life transition is right now. This is how it's impacting me. And this is what I need to do to make sure I'm looking after myself better. So make sure you uh, tune in with me for then. So thank you for joining me on this. It's episode 13. This was Triggering Transitions. My name is Kim Rutherford, psychotherapist, author and podcast host as well and I look forward to chatting with you again at our next episode until then take care for now bye